0: scripture lesson today comes from Paul's um, admonition to the early church in Ephesus. Let's share in God's good word together. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God. Amen. Please be seated. So this is our senior (laughs) high group. Thanks for playing. Um, oh, for those yeah. of you who uh, don't know, it is uh, almost nine o'clock at night on a Wednesday. They're <laughs> staying after, after youth for doing this. Thank you very much for doing that. You're welcome. I know. Uh, I'm go- I'll talk to your folks. for you. um, How many of you all have a smartphone? Everybody. Um, how old were you when you got it?
1: I got my first smartphone when I was in sixth grade, just going into sixth grade more as like a, I want to make sure that I'm safe at middle school with my parents knowing where I'm at.
0: What, the tech? (laughs) Our phones are everywhere. And and I'm so grateful for our young people. They're over in the youth group now. Uh, They sit on the front row at 915. And, you know, they have so much wisdom to share with us because they are really the first digital natives on the planet. There's not a day that they have known without the power of a supercomputer in their hand, and which I would encourage you to just call it what it is. It's a supercomputer. That's what it is. Sometimes you might use it as a phone, rarely, but sometimes you do. Most of the time, you're using it as the major processing, memory, uh, access to the world that it is. And so, uh, we're in week three uh, of this What the Tech series, The Promise and Perils of Our Digital Age. Uh, I really do think that this is really the issue um, for us uh, as people of faith. How do we uh, know what's true? And we're going to talk about that in two weeks. Uh, how do we deal with temptation? That is closer to us than ever before. We're going to talk about that next week. How do we know, you know, truth from falsehood? I'm really excited. Tomorrow, I'm 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 being taken to uh, a special laboratory that does deep fakes, and and so they're going to record me and my voice, and then I'm going to say stuff, and then I'm going to say stuff that's absolutely not true, and see if you can tell the difference. That's coming up in a couple of weeks. I'm also terrified that that might get leaked out, and I'll have all kinds of problems in my life. But anyway, (laughs) we're going to see. We're going to see how this goes. Um, But today, we're talking about social media. Uh, And social media is not just a conversation, it's a megaphone. It's a megaphone. And so, um, let's start with this. The defining mental activity of our time is scrolling. Anybody oppose that? No, that's the truth. Our capacities of attention, memory, concentration are diminishing. Tied directly to our phones, by the way. To compensate, we toggle back and forth between infinite feeds of news, posts, images, episodes. Look at the trade-off. Taking shallow hits of trivia, humor, and outrage—that's not healthy—to make up for to make up for the depths of learning, joy, and genuine lament that now feel beyond our reach. This is where life is: real learning, real joy, real heartbreak. Andy Crouch has a number of books out. Um, one of which uh, we're reading a couple of them for this series um, because we've we've known we've been doing this since uh, early last year um, when we saw it the first time. Uh, at our flagship church up in Kansas City. Andy Crouch has a book called uh, The Tech Wise Family. I recommend it to you. It's just a little bitty orange book, um, but there's a lot of wisdom in there. He's raising little ones. Uh, I'm well past uh, that stage of life. Um, so in the week one, uh, Pastor Brandon, uh, as a young uh, pastor with a young family, uh, he was teaching us a little bit about the promises of technology. And the first thing is that technology promises to give us the power to do more with less, more with less effort problem is it doesn't work. Sometimes it does. Uh, I see one of my friends who helped with my knee surgery. I am a walking miracle of technology. right? I have a full knee replacement, which is great. Most days I have almost zero pain, which was not true of my life since the time I was 16 up until a few years ago when I had it done. But, but not all tech is equal, right? They have different issues uh, around that. And so last week we talked about uh, the random access memory of your phone uh, it has 7 million times more memory, um, random access memory, than um, the computer that put a man on a moon 50 years ago. Seven million times. And so this week, I want to move off of that. He's like, yeah, that's just memory, so what? Let's talk about the actual power of processing. The iPhone in your pocket today has over... Anybody want to guess? Now you're nervous. You're like, I don't want to guess. I missed seven million. You want to guess? How many times? hundred thousand. That kid knows his stuff. (laughs) Either that or somebody came to church early at 9.15. So, no, no, that's great. Our kids know stuff, right? 100,000 times the processing power of a computer that landed a man on the moon 50 years ago. And again, we talked about this last week. And you're going to put that in the hand of a 12 year old? Right. And you're just going to be like, oh, I hope, it, I hope it's okay. Um, I hope I can do this every week. But did you all know my youngest son works at NASA? <laughs> He's been there almost a year now as an aerospace engineer. They don't let him touch anything. He's in training. And in training and in training. Because they don't want to make mistakes in space flight. Imagine. Right? Because they know there's a lot at stake. I just want you to think about that. Day after day, month after month, puts on the headset, looks, watches, trains from people who have more wisdom than he does, more knowledge, more ability to use those things. And he watches closely because they know there's a lot of power at his fingertips. And and it is just beyond me that we continue to give children this amount of power and go, keeps them busy and hope that it goes okay. Educators told me, even at the break, that it's not going okay. That they know the level of tech use by their kids, by their behavior in class. Mm -hmm. They know it. They see it at Thanksgiving. They see it over Christmas. They see it over breaks. and, And just the kids that are on their tech are aggressive in the classroom. So teachers tell me. So here's the thing. We have the ability to encounter only the voices that are saying exactly what we need to hear. That's also true with tech. And, and that's also dangerous because we stop learning. We stop. I, I, had a, I had a guy, again, at, at the break. He goes, um, you, know, you know the whole thing of like, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. And, and he says, now there's a fourth. You know, see nobody, hear nobody, talk to nobody. If we're not careful. That's where we'll end up. So anyway, that was week one um, and part of today. Week two is this. What you do with your tech today has massive implications for your soul tomorrow. just does. What you plant, you will reap. Right. And so what you put in your mind, what you put in your soul, what you hear, what you see, what you feed on, it changes your life in the future. We make our decisions, our decisions make us. And so the, pro- the proverbial wisdom is this. Watch over what? Your heart, your heart, your soul. With all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. Everything comes from there. All of it. And then when we talk around soul around here, what we're talking about is that hidden part of you. you know, that spiritual side of you, your thoughts, your feelings, your will, your intentions, your choices, your picker, your character, who you really are that lasts forever. More important than your family, they will die and move on. More important than your children, grandchildren, grandparents, parents. And I, I, know, I know that's hard for some people because we really like to worship family in Edmund. We do, but that's, a, that's another it's another deal. Your soul is the most important thing of you, by far. It's the only thing that lasts forever. It is the most important thing about you. Say that with me. Your soul is the most important thing about you. It just is, so we need to be careful with it. It matters what you scroll. It matters what you see, how you do with your time. And, and here's the thing we looked at last week. Um, some of you all remember that TED Talks are actually technology, entertainment, design. That's, that's where that comes from. Uh, and Mel Robbins in her uh, widely seen, uh, you know, TED Talk says this. Not TikTok, tech Talk. When you become 18, she says, nobody tells you that it, that it is now going to be your job to parent yourself. The bottom line is no one's coming. No one. You know the last time uh, my uh, parents, my dad's now passed but my mom in her 80s. You know the last time she came in my house and told me to get off my phone? Never. Never. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Even when I need to. So who's going to parent me if I don't parent myself? And if I can't parent myself, guess what? I'm not parenting my kids. Right? Because it's not monkey say, monkey do. It's monkey see, monkey do. Right? So just something to think about. We need appropriate boundaries, all of us, around tech in order to live the life that God has for us, the real, rich, abundant life, right? Jesus says about um, forces not of God, right? Forces of darkness, that that thief... Um, some would reference that as the devil, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Technology is neutral, friends. Right. Who's guiding your scroll is not. Right? And so the things we know that destroy our soul uh, is uh, the world, the flesh, and the devil. Right? We know that. And so you have, to under, you have to ask yourself the question, what is in my feed and why? And who's guiding that? Is it, does it look like Jesus or does it look like something else? Jesus comes that we might have life and have it how? Abundantly, to the full, right? Connection. And so last week, if you didn't get one, we hope you'll get one. We have these little baskets they are out front. Um, They simply say disconnect to reconnect. And and so we find this. I have people tell me this all the time. I'm out to dinner, or even with a a lunch crew, and and people aren't talking. They're on their phones. So uh, we hope that you'll take one and disconnect to reconnect because that's really what it takes. Um, You may have heard the little phrase, you know, things actually do work again if you'll unplug them for a while, your computer and you, right? Either one. So before you're like, my family would never, ever go for that. My teenagers would never put up with that. Well, hold on a minute. Uh, let's ask them. Okay, So here's, here's a good question. And this is your last question. What could your parents do or what could we as a church do to help you with technology? think Would be helpful to you?
1: If they just, like, made a rule to where you have to just, like, put your phone, like, off and, like, down or something so people don't get distracted like, are on their phone during service.
0: Okay. Our, our children actually say, like, I actually want rules. It would, it would help me. I, I need someone with more authority, more wisdom, more power to say things for me that I can't yet do for myself. That's what parenting is, right? And so I remember our boys would often say uh, around mid-high and high school, um, and, I, and thanks to Alex for, for being gracious in that. Um, our boys would say, Mom, Dad, I don't really mind your rules. I just wish all the other families had them. It's the, it's the being other that's hard. And so we have to train our kids how to be other in a world that doesn't hold our same values. Um, and less and less that's, you know, the, fam- the world just does not hold the same values that we hold. And we have to get aware of that. That's changing on us. And so when it comes to, the reason this is so important is that the first act of love is attention. It's always attention. It's attention. You can't love people you don't see. If you don't connect with them, um, then, then you, can't, you can't love them. You have to see them first. And so this week, I want to turn our attention directly into social media. And when we talk about social media, our technologies are used to share information and facilitate conversation. That's what it's, that's what it's created for, is to create conversation. So one of the lines is, you don't... Um, post and ghost, right? So it's supposed to be a conversation. You're not yelling at people, um, even though, friends, you're always yelling at people because social media is a megaphone. So when you post something, what's the thing about a megaphone? Have you ever used a megaphone? You don't know who's hearing you. Who's hearing you when you're on a megaphone? You don't know until the neighbors call and go, hey, I heard that. You do not want that online, right? I mean, whatever you post... Is a megaphone. Uh, Jesus' little brother James has a lot of wisdom to share, actually, around this. Uh, They didn't have megaphones then, uh, and they didn't have the Internet, but they did know about our hearts and especially our tongues. He says, So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great exploits. How great a force is set ablaze by a small fire. And, say it with me, tongue is a fire. Fire, powerful, dangerous. Can be good, can be terrible. The tongue is placed among our members as a world of iniquity. It stains the whole world, sets... Fire the cycle of nature and itself set on fire by hell, all that which is opposed to God. For every species of beast and bird, of reptile, sea creature, all of it, can be tamed, <laughs> uh, except the tongue. No one can tame the tongue. A restless evil, full of deadly poison. Say it with me. With it we bless the Lord and the Father, and with it we curse those who are made in the likeness of God. Hmm. And so James says, friends, friends, friends. You cannot praise God and curse the people made in His image. Nobody believes that. Not then, not now, not ever. From the same mouth, He says, come blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this ought not be so. It cannot be so. And have a, witness, a winsome witness, can't we? So last week we talked about the need for attention, and we do. We actually have to pay attention. But this week I want us to look for connection. We need more than attention. Lots of folks can post for attention, but really what we desire is connection connection so um i really appreciated the senior high and their transparency i want you to see they they know right what we're talking about is not something like oh, shocking I, I want you to hear um, their experience would you say that anybody up here alongside you is addicted to their phones <laughs> you think maybe yeah go tell us about that why do you yeah. say yeah
1: um okay well i use my phone for like Business things because I mow people's yards and they text me like, "Hey, can you mow my yard?" But I also use it for Facebook Marketplace to look and find things that I don't need. Um, It's like a good thing to have. Like I use my phone for good things, but it's also like a
2: bad habit.
1: Like it's just a habit to just pull out my phone and check it. It's I, I use it for more bad than good. To be honest. Okay. How about
0: for the go ahead?
1: Um, I would say that I often find myself like literally just scrolling and I'm not even paying attention to like what I'm looking at like I'm literally scrolling liking scrolling liking and then I'm like what am I doing and I put on a YouTube video so
0: I appreciate their honesty their transparency and you know know, they're the only two people in our church that struggle with this (laughs) I'm sure the rest of you are just fine just fine right um Courtney um who's our director of youth ministries um (laughs) so well read does such an amazing job with our young people she put me onto uh, a book that she had read a while back um and here's the quote i want to share with you contemporary teenagers are seeking something more than mere connection they're seeking presence an experience of sharing in which they are alongside available with within and known to one another the christian term for such an experience is the greek word koinonia y'all say koinonia with me koinonia like isn't that an old person's sunday school class well, yes, but it's supposed to be communion, right? It's about communion and actual togetherness and intertwining and sharing of life in which, say it with me, Christ is present with us as we are present with one another. That's the promise of God that we're two or more gathered. God's with us, not just in prayer, but in life together. God shows up and that's what we desire at a soul level. So it, it is true that getting attention is easy. Maintaining connection, that's hard. That's hard and that's what your church is for. Right, That we can actually be connected, soul to soul, life to life, hand to hand. And, and Pastor Brandon shared with us in week one, there is nothing like being face to face because that is what God made us for. I want you to think about somebody that you love. I want you to think about sitting across from them face to face and eye to eye. And when you're connected, you, can you connect with that feeling? How beautiful that is? How life changing that is? Now do the same thing with your phone. Does that feel the same to you? Choose wisely. Choose wisely. Because here's the thing, friends. We, we don't want to admit this. We don't want to know about this. We don't, you don't even want me to say this out loud. But who we are on social media is who we are. Period. Dot. You don't get to have separate people. It's like, oh, well, I don't really mean it. That's just social media. No, that is you. That is your essence. Going out into the world, whoever that is, is you. And you don't get to separate that out. It's particularly you and me, by the way, too, as your pastor or as a Christian. Because you represent all of us if you claim the name Christ, follower of. And so I thought, you know, I need some help with this. I'm not an expert in this stuff at all. Anybody on my staff could tell you, like, ooh, Pastor Mark, nope, you need to skip that on tech with him. So here's the thing. We do have a family that has spent much of their professional life in uh, marketing uh, and promotion and social media, a lot, I mean, a full-orbed deal. And so I went to them, uh, Jenny and Alan Herzberger, um, and I asked them, you know, could you, get, could you give us some help with this? How, what are some things that, that you would say um, would be of help to us? And I want you to hear what Alan says about heaven and Facebook. It's really strong. Here it is.
2: If, if you could imagine what it would be like using Facebook in heaven, what would that look like on, uh, online? That's, you know, that's something that we can try to present.
3: And that's the thing is it's easy to forget that you know we come to church every single sunday and we are a part of the church in the actual church but when we walk out we are also still representing the church we're representing christians Um, the world looks at christianity us to see what christianity is and if you're putting things out there that aren't loving and um helpful then it it's not, not representing Christianity, Acts 2, in a, in a great way. And that does a lot more damage than you realize, I think.
0: I love that image. What would it be like to use Facebook in heaven? Where what God wants done is done. That every image you post, the images you choose to see, the things you choose to say, represent Jesus to the world. That's that's a good idea. You see, we live in a digital world, but our hearts, they don't belong to the world. They belong to God. And our citizenship, the Bible tells us, is in heaven. Our hope is in heaven, friends. It's not here. I mean, if your hope is in the world, good luck. I mean, our world's a mess, amen? It's a mess. So so Paul actually writes to the early church in Philippi. He says, for many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. That's not hard. I mean, everybody knows that. I've often told you of them, and now I tell you, even with tears. Read this with me. Their end is destruction. Their God is the belly. That's appetites, not just food. And their glory is in their shame. Their minds are set on earthly things. Now, friends, when I was younger, I didn't understand what glory and their shame meant. I had no, I had no idea what that meant. I do now. I mean, that's about all social media is. It's like, hey, watch me do something stupid. Glory. I mean, things that my mom or grandma would say don't ever do. People are like, I'm not only doing it, I'm posting it. That's glory and their shame. That's what Paul's talking about. So we have to ask ourselves the question, you know, when someone looks at your social media, what is the representation representation of Jesus that they see? If somebody looks at your feed, they go, oh, wow. I didn't know you could be a Christian and be so loving and welcoming and kind and helpful and merciful and generous. I know know that. Most of the Christian posts I see are about hate. Which you'd have to try to put that together with the Prince of Peace, but that's a different sermon, kind of. Right, so Paul writes this to the early church. He says, let your, what's the word? (laughs) Way underrated these days. Right? Dallas Willard used to ask, how mean does God have to be to rule the world? Neither do we. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, by the way, those go together, gentleness and peace, right? One leads to the other, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, right? And then he says, finally, beloved, whatever's true, right? Whatever is honorable, whatever's just, whatever is, say it with me, pure, right? Whatever's pleasing, commendable, if there's anything, what's the word? Excellence. Excellence is beautiful, whether it's a triple toe loop and, you know, in ice skating or whether it's somebody on a pole vault. I mean, all, if it's excellent, it is. It's wonderful. And if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. If Paul were writing to you today, he would say, if there's anything worthy of praise, post about these things. Right. I mean, he wouldn't say post because he doesn't know anything about it. But there are some really nice uses for social media, and I was reminded of that uh by our high school students Ellie Hornaber uh, gave me a good example of it. Here she is
1: connected like um I have family up in Michigan, and the only way I'm able to like communicate with them is like through social media and see what they're up to, or like through text messages and checking in with them and just like again, I have family in Dallas as well, and that's the only way that we're able to like contact them is like see what they're up to on Instagram or just through text messages and stuff. And it's just nice to know, like having that comfort of not necessarily having to talk to them. If like you see a post on Instagram, like you can still be involved in their life by seeing what they post.
0: I find that young people today are way more connected to extended family uh, and friends uh, than I ever was by a long shot. I mean, I, I used to see my family in Alabama 10 days a year. That was it. And, and, and I, now we, we see kids, I mean, they know what their cousins are doing daily. Um, my youngest, uh, he is online with his friends from high school every week. Uh, they have a set time, they get together, they catch up, they play a couple games, and, and that's it. I, I couldn't tell you somebody from uh, the place that I graduated high school from. It was just a different day. They're way more connected and able to actually care for one another in ways that are well beyond me. Um, Adam Hamilton, who... Um, basically led us to this sermon series. He, he did this back in January up in Kansas City. Um, he, he said this, so I think is exactly right. He goes, social media can be used to spread love and kindness. Thank you, Ellie. Yes. And encouragement to build other people up, or it can be used to poke them in the eye and make them feel devalued and less than because they don't see things the way you see them. Well, of course people aren't going to see the way you see them, right? I mean, we're, we're not automatons. We're not robots. People are free to have different... Um, you know, ideas. It's okay. But, but here's the thing that he's saying. Our words have power. They really do. And they leave a lasting impression. And so I asked our young people about this. And, and uh, Ava was brave enough to share uh, about her experience. And so, so I asked them a really pointed question. I was um, pleased that they actually answered. Here, here they are. Put any statements or videos or photos online or texted somebody and wish that you could take it back. Yes. Like like what? What was your experience with
1: that? Uh 5th grade Ava had a slime account and um yeah, I don't know and the login. You are log-in. Ava. You're talking about yourself. Yeah, in yeah, third yeah. Person. No, I'm talking about myself
0: in the third person. <laughs> <Okay>. Yes.
1: <laughs> um yeah, I don't know the login. It's really embarrassing. So. What is slime?
0: I don't even know what that is.
1: Slime? What? Like the glue what? and borax. So oh. Yeah, 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 like in the borax? Oh. Yeah, like slime. Oh. like
0: okay no i know what that is but there's like an account
1: for that oh people made accounts like in middle school and stuff yeah okay so that accounts like public and people still watch it and make fun (laughs) of me and i'm a junior now that was in fifth grade
0: okay i know we all kind of take a collective sigh (sighs) okay so slime you all remember slime green slimy gross people could make it and then they apparently they had accounts i had no idea i still want to go watch that video I haven't, I haven't, but apparently it's still out there. Um, but you know, I mean, aren't, aren't aren't we just grateful that it was just slime? Yeah. I mean, there are so many other people that have things that are just not going to be named that feel like they've been slimed, hurt, it's out there, they can't get it back. There there really are traps to social media. There, there's, there's lots of them some for little ones and, and some for older ones, but, but they're out there. And so I asked uh, Alan Herzberger directly, I was like, can, can you talk to us a little bit about, like, how do you stay out of the social media traps? And, and he said, um, this is what he had to say. I thought, I thought it was really wise. Um,
2: everything you post or say, you might as well be given a speech on national television or in Times Square, um, because it, you never know where that can go. Um, it's online. It is there for anyone, and it could go viral. Now, when you're a brand or you're a public figure, you typically are, are really uh, careful. You have uh, checks and balances on things you're saying. Make sure you have other eyes on it, and that's important. Um, you know that that's important for any brand or any person. It's also to at least be thinking about that as an individual before you post. What sort of ramifications could this have? What kind of context could this be taken in?
0: And that's certainly true around here. Um, Every newsletter that we put out, um, every sermon that I preach, normally has roughly seven to eight sets of eyes on it before it goes out. Uh, Does that mean that we get it right every time? No, of course not. You guys know. You're like, "Uh, I read that newsletter. Um, But but here's the thing. We're really intentional. I I do my best not to come up here and say something that's untrue uh, or is not researched um, or doesn't have a lot of eyes on it because I can't know the 500 different lenses that are here right? Everybody's got their own lens about, about what I say and how I say it. And I, we don't mean to hurt anyone ever. But so we have to choose our words carefully. And so one of the things that happens, particularly if you're a public figure, and, and I do want to talk about leadership for just a second, because um, we have lots and lots of leaders in the marketplace here. And, and so I'm, I'm speaking to you, but this is really true for all of us. Uh, friends, it's a matter of when, not if, you're going to be represented or attacked online. It just is, even for our little ones. And so the, the thing is, we have to ask Jesus, our boss, right? If we, if we call him Lord, that's what that means. If Jesus is truly our Lord, we have to ask Jesus if we're going to respond at all. And the wise answer almost always is no. No, you're just not going to. But if you are called to respond, maybe it's something that uh, is, is wildly untrue and you feel like you do need to respond, uh, the, the Bible actually tells you how to do that. Softly, gently. Right? A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up what? Right? So the same way that gentleness leads to peace, harsh words leads to what? Anger. And what does anger lead to? <laughs> more, more harsh words, violence, death. And so if, if Jesus says yes, he tells us how to do that too, and that's privately. Right? You, you don't go online and say, oh, bless your heart, you're so stupid. If you really understood, you'd know what I meant was true right that doesn't help anybody right so we do it privately jesus tells us this directly in the gospel of matthew He says if another member of the church sins against you you go out and point the fault when two of you are what alone you're not dogging them out in front of everybody if the member listens to you you have regained that one because as dr king taught us the goal is not to win the goal is reconciliation with our brothers and sisters Right? That, that's, the, that's the thing about the civil rights movement is that if we're going to hold our country together, we actually have to reconcile with people that are different from us, not beat them. And that doesn't work. And so we're, the goal is reconciliation. And, and here's, here's another thing that you know, but is a good reminder. Silence is an answer. You don't have to respond to every silly thing somebody says. You can simply go on by it because you're an adult. If you are. <laughs> You just walk right on by it. Uh, and if, that, if for some reason you really do feel like you need to respond, you can respond privately and say, well, this is what I think, and here's why I think that. And here's my intention. It wasn't to cause you harm or, or to inflame or do anything. Oh, this was what I was trying to do. And normally when I when respond in that way, the response is, is fairly tempered and helpful back. But make no mistake, friends. We, we must be diligent and sober about the temptation of what's known as slacktivism. And that's only posting and never doing. And this gets on my last nerve. Right? I remember um, back a number of years ago uh, when there were Syrians uh, on the edge of their life pouring into Turkey. Uh, we had some folks that were able to help us help them. We, we got them uh, stoves, wood-burning stoves so that they would you know not freeze to death over the winter out in the desert. Uh, we got them food. We got them clothing. We got them products for their babies and, and the women that they needed. And, and it was really beautiful things that God was doing through your church that was unique to us. And um, I, was, I was somewhat surprised, not shocked, that I had people coming back at me and say, well, what are you doing for veterans? I was like, well, well, we could talk about that. But my question to you is, what are you doing for veterans? I'm like, well, nothing but why. I'm like, then shut up. <laughs> I mean, if you're doing something, then fine. Then let's talk about doing something. But I've got no patience, and you should have no patience for people that only talk. Right? It's, a, it's about doing, about actually being there for people, for making a difference in the world, bringing heaven to earth. James, Jesus' little brother, says it very, very clearly. He says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but you don't have works? Can faith save you if a brother or sister is naked, lacks daily food? One of you says to him, oh, go in peace, keep warm, eat your fill. And yet you don't supply their bodily needs. What good is that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is what? Dead. 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 Now... For those of you who are veterans, we appreciate, we love you, and there are people in our church actually have set up entire foundations to help with mental health and veterans returning. super important work, so don't mishear me. And I'm happy to get into that work. There's going to be a run on Veterans Day at Mitch Park led by one of our own members. All the proceeds go to Mission 22. I hope you'll go. I hope you'll participate. I hope you'll help. It's great work, so don't, so don't mishear me. We must be diligent and sober as well about the temptation to listen only to our echo chamber of what we want to hear right? Keeps us isolated and alone. So here's some questions. We have to ask good questions if we're going to get past this. And so I asked the Herzberg's. I said, Jenny, what what should we be asking? And this is what she said.
3: Christian, is it helpful? Is it contributing to the conversation? Is it it putting good in the world or is it causing harm? Is it causing um, hostility? And I think that's one of the, the biggest things when it comes to us personally that we need to be really making sure we are running everything through. Do you know enough about the topic to be able to talk about that topic? And so, you know, for me, I've posted a lot about our trips to to put water wells in in Guatemala. I don't know everything there is to know about Guatemala, but I know a lot about what we're doing there and I can speak with with authority, you know, to what's happening there. with the work that we do and so i'm not going to try to go outside those boundaries without doing any other research or really understanding the topic well
0: and if you know the history of guatemala you know there's a lot there but that's we don't talk about all of that we talk about well this is you know more than 30 water wells that we put in we put it in here and this is how it's going and, and when jenny uh, did that a couple uh, years ago uh, now guess what people helped People sent help, uh, and people gave money. And so now we have money enough to do another water well this December. That's how it works. Social media can do great good if we use it as if we're living in the kingdom of heaven. And then she asked this question. It's a great question. Have I earned the right to comment? Yeah, that's a great question. Do I know anything about it? Have I researched? Do I know anyone personally? Do I have steak? Or am I just talking? You know, not everyone's really interested in your opinion. I've never met Charlie Munger, but I hope to before he dies. He's 99. He's still alive as of last week when I Googled it. So he says this. He says, he's the second command from Warren Buffett. He says, I try to get rid of people who confidently answer questions about which they don't have any real knowledge. Yeah, that's some wisdom right there. So here's our question. Who's a solid person that I could message or talk with to let me know if what I'm thinking about posting is wise? How do you think this will come across? I do this with almost everything I post to Chantel. It's our, it's our standard, even personally. I'm like, does that make sense? Like, that's funny, right? She goes, yeah, that's funny. No. And I'm like, okay, so, I'm, so I can't post that. But it's funny. She goes, yeah, that's funny, but no. Right? And so then we have to ask our question, is my aim to influence or merely irritate? And, and you know, we, we really would prefer to irritate because influence takes time. It takes thoughtfulness. It takes research. it's like skill, sensitivity, and really prayer. If we want to influence, we want to be winsome witnesses in the world, we've got to talk to Jesus about what we're doing. And so we ask questions like, well, if I were rested and calm and researched or at my best, would I say that? Would I respond in this way? Does this represent the best of me? The best of our faith? Again, Andy Crouch in his book on the TechWise family, he says technology in its proper place, and that's really the core of what I'm saying here. I'm not against tech. Tech does some amazing, wonderful things but it has to have its proper place. He says, it's only in its proper place when we use it with intention and care. If there's one thing I've discovered about technology, it's that, say it with me, it doesn't stay in its proper place on its own. He has little kids, and so he's like, it's like my kids' toys. We put them up, put it in its proper place, and then the next day, poof. Right? <laughs> That's the way it is with your tech. You say, well, Pastor Mark told me to put it in place, and I did, and it didn't stay there. Well, no, it's not going to. Right? It's about a rule of life. This is what I do with my tech, because it gives life to me. Or, let's wing it, see how it goes. It's not a good idea. Right? It doesn't stay in its proper place. He says, if we aren't intentional and careful, we'll end up with quite an extraordinary mess. Of course that's true. So, what do we do? What are we called to do? Well, we speak out for those who cannot speak, the wisdom of the Bible says. For the rights of all the destitute, speak out, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and the needy. And, and friends, when you do this, by the way, don't expect to get applauded. People will be very upset. One of the things that I don't even know how to talk about, but i just lift it up, is for almost a decade now, I've really been disturbed about what happens at our Oklahoma County Jail. I mean, I know people firsthand who you go there, they don't get their meds and they almost die. Some of them do die. All you got to do is follow the, the numbers. It's atrocious. But no, people don't want to talk about that because it's so hard to get on top of. And I know people have been working at that. Right? But there are real things with people that matter, people with real souls, that lives are at stake. We need, we need to speak for those who can't speak up for themselves. I mean, that, that is our role. And so, here's our action steps. Talk with Jesus and ask the Holy Spirit to guide what you post. Think before you post. I keep this on my desk every day. Keep it in front of me. And that is, is it true? Same with me. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary and kind? If it doesn't follow that filter, then the answer is no. You'd be amazed at how very little you post. Right? And, or, or you can just do it the easy way. Follow Jesus. He says, read it with me. And everything, do to others as you would have them do to you. It's the golden rule. Right? And then this next one, we debated about whether to keep it in or not, because none of us want to do it. Um, but I want to put it out there, because it's important. And, and it's hard for me. I I'm, I'm guess it'll be hard for you. And that is to intentionally force yourself to read an article or listen to a podcast to learn from a different point of view from your own. Not for point, counterpoint, but to actually learn. To, make, to be able to influence, to make a difference. And I know you'll get five minutes in and you're like, that's stupid, I'm turning it off. Just Hang in there. You might actually be enlightened. You'd be amazed uh, that you know not everybody that doesn't agree with you is against you. They're just trying to live their life too. And then finally, I asked this last week, but um, I'll ask it again. And that is, I hope that you'll join Chantel and me. Put your phone away. Hour a week, I mean, an hour a day, a day a week, a week a year. Um, it's really been life giving for us. and recommend it to you. So I'm glad you're here. Hope you'll join us next week for Temptation. So um, anyway, that'll be light. All right, so um, let's pray together. Dear God, we thank you, and we ask that you would guide us in the way that leads to life. And we thank you that you've taught us even how to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.